The Motivational Moments podcast is made possible by the generous sponsorship of Prime Information Security, online at www.primeinfosec.com, and with the support of our many subscribers. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Motivational Moments Podcast. I'm Linda Okorjana, your host. Today we have an awesome guest, Kevin Marcus Miller, who's a 12-time sudden cardiac arrest survivor from Seattle. I met Kevin when we connected on LinkedIn, and I have to say he really inspires me. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for being on my show, and thanks for um, sharing your story with us today. And how are you today, Kevin? Linda, what's going on? Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm very excited to chat with you. How are you? I'm doing really well, but um, your story really inspires me. Thank you. But in all honesty, I didn't think anyone could survive one cardiac arrest, let alone 12. Yeah, it's a very wild story. It's a lot of times people, they're like, well, Jesus rose from the dead three times. What's going on with you, buddy? That's, that's what's going on funny. here yeah that's kind of funny but you know <laughs> right right you know <laughs> I've heard it all I've heard it all so <laughs> so how did you survive are you just an extremely healthy man or is it <laughs> have you got a guardian angel looking over you you know it, it's um the first time I survived was because of a, a guardian angel here on earth his name's Tim and I was playing basketball and he was our basketball coach for the day. And it was a adult rec league. And so, you know, I was playing ball, coming up the court, Linda, normal day, nothing, nothing too wild. And um, about three minutes in the game, I just, I just started screaming. I yelled out and I fell and um, I was in a coma for three days. And so I don't remember anything that happened, but what was told to me essentially is, My heart completely stopped, never had a genetic issue or anything up until that point. Um, And three days later, I woke up in ICU. And my first thought was, I thought I actually, Linda, I thought I was in a a mass shooting because on the television, there was a Texas uh, shooting on the screen. And I thought that's what had happened to me. Oh, no. Oh, so dear. I was very scared. I was, I was very, I didn't, I didn't, my, I didn't see my family. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't have memory. So that was my first uh, moment being back up. And and then my first thought after that was just a lot of shame. And um, I felt shame because up until that point, I didn't really take risks in life. I just kind of worked a nine to five and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and all these other things, but I never actually I never actually took the risk. So mm-hmm. up until that point, it just kind of, it's like, oh, wow, I really, I really just died. And I didn't actually fully pursue my dream. So that really hit me hard and had a lot of shame that I, I was feeling, you know what I mean? Oh, Kevin. Oh, oh, that really, that really gets to, you know, tugs at my heart's heartstrings because from what I know about you know, from that moment, you know, you really started um, helping people and doing good things in your life. Before we move on to your successful mm. business, um, is there any reason why you, you had the first cardiac arrest? Do they know why this happened? Mm. To this day, they do not. And um, I did have a 
surgery uh, last year where they were able to calm it down because essentially what they know is the issue. They don't know the cause, but the problem is I have what's called ventricular tachycardia. So it's what NBA players get. So people that are really health healthy, it has nothing to do with your eating or anything. Mm -hmm. So it's a very rare condition where the electrical signals in your heart don't work correctly. So your family and you in particular Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. must dread, you know, every time this has happened, I would imagine that they, they always think the worst and you are a definite, inspiring person you are definitely meant to be here on this earth because Mm. well let me ask you a question evidently you were unemployed you were in a coma yep so how did you achieve your success because in between achieving your success you kept going on and being a bad boy keep having Mm. these you know cardiac (laughs) arrests and interrupting your the good right the flow yeah 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 But it didn't hold you back, Kevin. And that's why, you know, I want to know how you did it. For a start, were you ever frightened or scared thinking, when is it going to happen again? Or did you say to yourself, you know, it could happen again, but I've got to get on with my life? You know, for me, it's about putting hope back on your playlist. Mm -hmm. And it's not that every day I'm not scared because I am even today. You know, I'm always scared. Mm-hmm. It, it it's just that if I've already survived it, the the very worst thing that can happen is that I don't survive it and I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And my family remembers me as a hero. That's oh, the absolute worst scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that will help so many of our listeners, Kevin, because none of us want to die. We know it's inevitable, but we have so much more to do on this earth. You know, Mm. we know we all have so much good to do on this earth. So in your case, then, how did you achieve your success? I mean, was it immediate? You got over your first cardiac arrest. You said, right, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to help so many people. Was it a slow process or was it wham? Mm. So before all this, in about 2016, that was my first major success. So I I was in a movie movie. in theaters. So I was a, I was, I worked on the soundtrack um, oh. of a movie. So that was my very first taste of success at a, at a global level. So we, mm-hmm. you know, I was in college and we walked into the theater and then my name was in there. We were all cheering. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize I was talking to a movie star. <laughs> so that was cool. And, um, you know, but when you're in college and that happens, you assign the wrong meaning to it, meaning your ego is involved a little too much. Because you're still young, you're still developing. You yeah. you can't separate that from who you really are. Mm-hmm. You think, oh well, you know, I can get away with whatever I want, and I'm yeah. you know big man, big man <laughs> on campus, and all kinds of things. You don't process okay. it correctly, right? So that was my first taste. <laughs> yeah. And um, when I gra- when I um, graduated college, I went all the way back down. I was actually a security guard in a Microsoft building. Believe it or not. What? I was very depressed. I was like, wow, how did I end up here? And um, I, I wasn't getting hired. My degree didn't work. <laughs> I, I went to school for communications and I wasn't getting a, you know, a marketing job or communications job. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> what's going I've, heard on? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Ain't it? Ain't it? So I uh, 
you know, was applying to jobs and, and I just was so stubborn. I was in the loading dock as a security guard and I literally applied to 200 jobs and a lot of them were on LinkedIn and one of them called me back. And that was my first uh, taste of being a marketer. And I, I was at a startup and it was a, it became a unicorn, a billion dollar startup. And so that was yeah, my first yeah. Ooh. like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, what I learned and did in college was I learned how to market myself and my personal brand from being in the movie. Yeah. And then I just leveraged that those lessons and the branding and all these things and took that into my my next experience. So the startup and then Microsoft started working at Microsoft as an independent contractor. And then that's when I had the cardiac arrest was at Microsoft. How soon after that cardiac arrest did you have the next one? Was mm. it years or months? Yeah. So 2019, August was the first one. And um, that was the hardest one. And then um, they put in my body what's called a um, subcutaneous uh, defibrillator. So it's basically like a pacemaker, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's higher technology. So I had that. And that's why I was able to survive is because when I would go into cardiac arrest again, mm -hmm. I believe the next time was the end of I want to say the end of 2020. So oh, about a year later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one was, um, I had a couple before that, that were accidental, meaning the the device fired, fired incorrectly. It thought I was going into cardiac arrest, but I wasn't. Oh, oh yeah. So it shocks your heart and it's the equivalent of a horse kicking you in the chest. That's not very nice, is it? Not very nice, right? <laughs> you say, oh. I, I, can, I can sound calm about this because it didn't happen to me. And you, right. you were telling this story as if, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I just got up out of bed, had a cardiac arrest, you know, made a, a you know, a startup successful work. To, you know, do you have a sign that you carry around with you, a really big sign saying, if I have a cardiac arrest, do this? Or, you know, I, you just... know, what's funny about that is I used to have this bracelet I would wear, actually. <laughs> and it had instructions, it, like, actually. Yeah, so that yeah. I thought I needed that. And, and yeah. then I realized, like, oh, wait a minute. If I really go into cardiac arrest, the EMTs, they're going to do their protocol and all that. And <laughs> if I'm conscious, they can just ask me. So I guess I didn't really need it. You know what I mean? You know, you know what, Kevin, um, I can understand why you are so successful and so popular, because let's admit it, not everybody in business is a nice person, but they show a different view to their public. But I think I know, I know just by talking to you that this is you, this is Kevin, yeah. you don't feel sorry for yourself, you've admitted you're scared, but you love helping people. And this is why I believe you keep on going and someone up there says, you know, you're here for the long haul, Kevin, because you've got a lot of work to do. Do you enjoy, like, the work you're doing, you're a successful marketer, mm -hmm. a movie star, many, many, you know, wonderful achievements, do you enjoy the marketing and working with the people um, the most? And I would say yes, if 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 you know if I was asked about you, because you seem to have this joy about everything you do. You know, Linda. To be honest, the thing that I enjoy the most right now is watching other people go through their cardiac story, oh, because everybody's everybody's journey right now. What's happening is a lot of people started having hardships that were very relatable to mine in the pandemic. And a mm -hmm. lot of my students, so we have a Facebook group of about 50,000 other marketers. And that's where oh. I feel the most joy is because I'm hearing stories of cancer survivors. I'm yeah. hearing stories of, 
you know, people that had to restart their business, all kinds mm-hmm. of things. That's where I get the most joys because I have that that common thread of resilience. Mm-hmm. And we understand each other on a deeper level beyond business. Because just like you by listening to me now, like obviously I know how to um, talk a certain way to get what I need. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I would prefer to be me, this version of Kevin you're experiencing right now, 100% yeah, yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best, very authentic. And like I say, it's a, it's a cruel world out there, so more people like mm. you are needed. So when you woke up from your coma, mm-hmm. um, I guess it taught you one of the biggest life lessons that anybody could be taught. Mm. And what do you think, you know, it taught you what is the biggest thing that stands out once you you woke up from a coma and I understand you went on to be hugely successful but before that point what was it you know I would say I think overthinking is overrated Mm -hmm. I think execution is execution really is the differentiator it's not about your ideas everybody and anybody can have ideas but at the end of the day the the way we choose to assign meaning in our lives has nothing to do with what happened, but the way you choose to respond to what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, that's good. A lot right? That. And, yeah. and that's the key. Like a lot of people just don't quite understand. Like some people will have a, a meaning that they want to assign to what happened to me. Like, oh, you have a bigger purpose than this. And that's still mm-hmm. their assigned meaning. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that yeah. you have to be secure in the meaning that you chose to assign for your life. It's a shame, isn't it? Because so many people think it, they're either too young to achieve something, whatever that yeah. may be, or they're too old or they're too, haven't got enough money, they haven't got enough time, or, you know, somebody doesn't agree with what they're doing. And I think mm-hmm. you and I in particular, we just took the bull by the horns, as they say. I don't know whether they say it where you live. Like, we didn't think about it. We just wanted to do something, and we both got in the arena of wanting to help people. Right. And we are both very authentic. Well, I think I am. I don't know what you think, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) I would have to agree. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the message that you've just shared from, you know, somebody who does want to do something in life, particularly in business, Kevin, is mm-hmm. you can think about it too much, you can plan too much, and you never get anything done, and there is never going to be perfection. Would you agree? 100%. And perfection is overrated as well because, first of all, all the people that you think you look up to, they sacrifice something in their their life that mm-hmm. you're not seeing. So, for example, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, what are the things that they have are missing in their life, right? They don't have their family, their wife, these things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're you're sitting there idolizing and putting them on a pedestal when really you should put putting yourself on that pedestal. Yeah, you are right. Um, you know, you mentioned the unicorn company that you achieved mm-hmm. some time ago. So my husband, Dave, who you should get to meet, he's absolutely wonderful. Mm. He's a cybersecurity guy. Oh, cool. So yeah. So he worked for um, another company for many, many years, a global company to do with the airlines. And then he had this mm. wonderful opportunity. So it's called Arctic Wolf. And um, they became a unicorn. And then they've become something else, Kevin, another name. They give them mm. names, don't they? I don't know what it is. But Dave never looks at it from the perspective of, you know, in his role, you know, to protect the inside of the company. He never looks at that, you know, well, I'm working at a unicorn company that, you know, I'm going to earn lots of money the more successful they are. He loves his job. He's never thought about anything other than, you know, 
building his way up the ladder and, and enjoying mm. the work he does. And he said, it's not about, you know, earning the most money. It's enjoying what I do. Um, and I mean, even him coming over to, you know, from England uh, to marry me, you know, quite a few years after my divorce, having four children, basically mm. he made many sacrifices to be with us. But all those challenges kept us together. Now, luckily, the kids are grown and off our hands <laughs> <laughs> and we can enjoy life a little more. But like you, we have our challenges. So I think this is why um, I was so happy when, you know, I think it was your PR person who approached uh-huh. me. Yeah, and my I PR said, yeah. Oh my goodness, how wonderful to come to me because I normally go begging. <laughs> Kevin, will you be on my podcast show? Um, what is what is something that you'd like to leave with us today that really mm. resonates with the people who are thinking about starting a business? And you know, what words of wisdom would you like to leave with them? Absolutely. The first thing I'd like to say is uh, I'm honored to be here, Linda. Thank you for just seeing oh. me. <laughs> you know, it's it's always refreshing to be on these kind of conversations that it's not even really about business, right, Linda? It's not. It's just about connecting. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I would leave. That's the advice I would leave for the audience is it's not like, you know how people say, oh, they got to know, like, and trust you. You got to do value. Stop making it so complicated. <laughs> It's not like every box has to be checked every time. Like, just take the risk. Just do it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They'd be like, I don't want to talk to you. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I promise you'll be okay. Kevin, you are are so funny. So why do you think people don't want to take the risk? What do you think is holding them back, Kevin? Because they haven't had a cardiac arrest, so they don't have anything to compare it to. Their risk meter is off. Right. So they haven't they haven't been able to calculate risk in in a way that's going to make them successful. Mm -hmm. The cardiac arrest made me successful because it gave me a new meter, gave me a new yardstick to calculate risk. So anything I do in the business world is not a real risk. Mm -hmm. Me, me, me getting, you know, going down to the gym and attempting to play basketball right now, there is a 90 percent chance I will go into cardiac arrest. So. That that is a risk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, being, yeah. you know, reaching out to Linda and saying, hey, let's connect. That's not a risk. <laughs> that's, that's just not a risk. So you, we need perspective is something else. You know what I mean? So basically your message is just do it. Just like Nike. Yeah, just do it. Um, just do it. And even if it doesn't work out, Kevin, would you agree we can learn from those past experiences? You also can inspire somebody else, even if you fail. Think mm-hmm. about it. All of the greatest people you look up to, they failed so many times. That's why we're inspired by them. It's because they failed and then they figured it out, right? I I totally agree. And I always say to people, look at people like Kevin. And even though they're not in the same line of business as you per se, listen to the story, see how they did it. You know, I don't often talk about the risk as you do, but I may steal Mm. that from you and start talking about that a bit more. (laughs) Kevin, you're absolutely amazing, even more amazing than I thought you were. And today I'm under the umbrella of, um, you know, Motivational Steps, Motivational Moments podcast. It's been, wow, it's been on the air now for quite some years. It was one of the things I first started doing when I became a motivational speaker, but Mm. I really, really would like to invite you back when we both have time for, um, I also host, um, 
another podcast called the SBCN Small Biz Podcast for mm. business owners. So I'd love you to come and share your wealth of expertise and stories on that podcast um, in the future if you have time, because I think you'd inspire our members so much, Kevin. Absolutely, Linda. Thank you. Anytime. Thank- well, thank you so much for your time and have a, what time is it there now in Seattle? you have a beautiful day kevin and thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it you too talk to you soon